Yeah, I think this is a really smart conversation because a lot of people hear my story and they go, oh, well, he just got lucky. Or, oh, this happened overnight. It didn't happen overnight for me. Therefore, I'm probably not meant to do this, right? right. Pat Flynn is the epitome of the online business owner we all strive to be. He's the host of two massively successful podcasts, Smart Passive Income and Ask Pat, with a combined 60 million downloads, has won multiple awards, run several successful businesses, and is the author of two highly acclaimed books. By any standards, he has made it in the online world. A lot of times we don't do the, these things because we think it's impossible, but then you start to hear these success stories and it, it, it starts to give you hope. This is 100% what happened to me. My name is Ina and I'm your host. I owned a side business for years while working a corporate job before I started listening to other people's success stories on podcasts. And that's what propelled me to reach higher. So that's what we're going to do in this episode. Open your eyes and get you to reach higher now. When you climb a ladder, the higher you go, what happens? The, the tighter you grip on that ladder, right? And so yeah. when you look down, it's, it's, even, it's even scarier. And imagining going off of that ladder is very scary. Get ready to learn how to get off that ladder into a life of purpose and impact right at your fingertips online. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and you were just looking at your screen to check the timestamp to see if you will be able to listen to the full episode before your commute is over, take a moment to leave a five-star review. It really helps support the show. And thanks. Here's the interview with millionaire and smart passive income guru, Pat Flynn. This is The Global Phenomenon with Ina Koveny, the podcast where the self-made teach you to stop waiting to be discovered and prepare to be found. Hello, we're here with Pat Flynn, the one and only. Pat, thank you so much for doing this. Absolutely, Ina. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Um, so why don't we get started with this? You, <laughs> I mean, if there's anybody out there who's a global phenomenon in the online space, it's gotta be you, right? And I love your story because it's really near and dear to my story of coming out of corporate. You were an architect who got laid off. Now <laughs> you're a multimillionaire online business entrepreneur focused on passive income. So mm -hmm. first I wanted to kind of give you the, the chance, give you the opportunity to kind of explain what is it that you do right now and how are things going for you? Yeah, uh, things are going really well. I'm extremely uh, grateful every day to have the opportunity to help and serve others. And that's really what it's all about when it comes to um, succeeding in life. I feel that the best way to succeed is to help other people get what they want. Um, and so what I've been doing lately is taking a lot of experience that I've had creating my own businesses, my very first one happening after I got laid off in 2008. And just sharing everything I learned along the way, everything that goes well, everything that's done right, everything I don't get right, every, every failure. And that way, I, like the analogy I like to use is, you know, if you're traveling into a new area and, you know, you have a guide, right? I want to be that guide. I want to be the person with the machete kind of cutting through the bushes. Maybe I get a little scraped up here and there, but then I can ensure that your trail is going to be a little bit easier. And so now, in fact, I build a lot of businesses publicly and my latest one being a physical product, in fact, and just share the journey. And it's always helpful for people, no matter if it goes well or not, there's always lessons involved. And I'm also trying to help people by leading by example. So I can get started into new spaces that I perhaps normally wouldn't get into, knowing that other people are going to 
get into a business or something, some big ambition that they might have that perhaps initially you don't know what to do or where to start or, or how to progress. But then I want to be the person who can show you, hey, you know, it's not as bad as it seems or, hey, you failed and that's okay. Let's learn and move forward and together we can succeed. And that's, that's kind of what, what I try to do is lead by example there. And um, I'm very grateful because not only am I able to help and serve others, but in the way that I teach people to build businesses specifically, it allows you to get more time back too, eventually. It's right. very, you know, I know my brand is smart passive income, but the passive part comes later after you yeah. figure out how things work. And the passive part is beautiful because then everything you built can continue to work for you. It can continue to serve others through automation, through a team that you build. And for me, I'm able to get my time back so that I can spend it and give it to my kids and to my wife. And I think we all should have reasons why we want to do things. And for me, it's definitely family. So let me ask you something because you've, you've touched on a couple of things that I believe are huge misconceptions in, in the world out there of people believing that creating your business and getting to the million dollars and all of these things being the huge success, that these things should come easy, right? That these mm. things, and I know it sounds a little bit counterintuitive, but I know so many people that they're like, well, if success comes to me, if somebody discovers me, if I, it just so happens that my blog goes viral in a couple months, I'll take it in stride. I'll go with it. But until that happens, this is, I'm not really, it's not really worth investing so much time and effort into it. Like it should just happen. And if it's not happening for me in the next couple months, then maybe it wasn't meant to be. I, I have so mm. many conversations that are around that. And you just said several, several things I really want to unpack here because you are the passive income guru, right? And you just said something key that was so real to me, which is that the passive part comes later. So can you tell me, can you go back to your own story? And can you tell me in the beginning, I, 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 I know about your story. I know that uh, you were studying for the lead exam in, you know, mm -hmm. for architecture. And that's how you published your first ebook because you saw that there was a need for it and you started to make money. And it was like, huh, that was great. So I want to deconstruct that story and how you became a big success in, in a way that doesn't sound to people that, oh, I just need something to blow up overnight. Otherwise, it's not worth it. Can you help me unpack that, those beliefs? Yeah, I think this is a really smart conversation because a lot of people hear my story and they go, oh, well, he just got lucky. Or, oh, this happened overnight. It didn't happen overnight for me. Therefore, I'm probably not meant to do this, right? right, right. But I'm pre I appreciate this because we can unpack the real truth. And if you unpack the real truth behind any successful entrepreneur, 99.99% of the time, you're going to hear a overnight success that took 10 years, right? Or an right. overnight success that took many, many months at least, um, because there is hard work required up front. And that's the first thing you have to take action. If you just literally sit there and do nothing, nothing's going to change. Just because you want something doesn't necessarily mean that things are going to change. You have to want and then try to do what you can to get it right. There is this idea of, you know, the whole Napoleon Hill think and grow rich sort of philosophy. Like if you just think it, it'll come. That's only partly true because if you think it, then you can take the right actions. But if you right. just think it and just kind of hope, and try to get lucky, it, you, you make your own luck. And that's what I found out. So to go into specifics about my story, after getting laid off, after getting through about a month and a half of uh, quite, a, quite a bit of down parts of my life, I was pretty depressed during the time. I eventually got inspired by a podcast, in fact, called Internet Business Mastery that gave me some hope. And I, that was sort of step one, realizing that other people have done this before me 
So therefore, it is not impossible. A lot of times we don't do the, these things because we think it's impossible, but then you start to hear these success stories and it, it, it starts to give you hope, which is, which is really good. But you soon realize that after getting excited, things do require work. And that's really the difference between uh, the people who succeed and the people who don't are the ones who, during those tough times, keep going and persevere. And grit is a, is a big part of um, you know, uh, reaching your goals and ambition. But to get even more specific, I mean, when I first started getting these ideas to help people pass an architectural exam, I was spending 12 to 14 hours a day online, building my website, writing on my website, publishing blog posts, getting active in forums, literally every day for about two months. And so I racked up a number of hours of being a part of the community, which enabled me to understand what the true pains were of that particular audience. And it just so happened that I was a part of that audience too, because I had just previously passed that exam. So I started to also realize that even though I didn't have sort of expert credentials, I didn't go to school for what this exam was about, I wasn't the smartest person in the world, but I was driven and I was driven because I had no plan B. I thought I was gonna okay. stay in architecture forever. So I actually did things and took bold actions that I wouldn't normally have taken should I had stayed in my architecture job. So I'm very grateful and in fact, I celebrate my let go day every single year, June 17th, 2008, is that let go day. And it's a day my family and I celebrate because it really opened up these opportunities. But it was a lot of hard work, a lot of sweat, a lot of just unknowns. What helped me through that was number one, the inspiration, like I said, but number two, also looking for the helpers. And in any industry that you might be in, there will be people who are willing to help, whether that's helping on a scalable level, like you and your podcast here, or people who write blog posts or people on YouTube, or mentors who can help you one on one. You just have to find the helpers, though, because they can help guide you. And even then, it gets hard because you start to counter these positive feelings with all the negative what-ifs, right? right? You start to get excited, but then you get countered, and, and uh, you, you might go, well, what if this doesn't work? What if I'm a failure? What, what, like, who am I to create something like this? Or you know, who am I to dream big? I, this is not what I was meant to be. And those feelings can crush you, and you have to have a support system in place to help you through that because if you don't you're gonna you're gonna talk yourself out of it and so after a couple months of hard work i started to gain a little bit of um notoriety in the space i remember going into forums that i would pop in uh to every single day and i would go in there and just answer people's questions and just just provide as much value as i can and i remember there came a point where i started to notice that a lot of people were answering these questions that were coming in before I saw them and they were answering like this, Oh, just wait till Pat logs in later. He'll, he'll be able to help you out. <laughs> nice. And I was like, okay, like I'm starting to be seen as an expert. Right. And then, you know, once you get a little breakthrough, then there's going to be something that tries to take you down. For example, when I wanted to build my ebook, right? Okay. Now I have something I could sell like a study guide, but I have no idea how to do this. I don't know how to sell anything. What if people buy, buy it and they ask for a refund? What if, you know, something happens and then I had to get support, for that and to find the helpers to help me through that. And all along the way, it was like these baby steps after baby step after baby step. And after three months of literally 14 hours a day, um, finally I saw my first customer. So it wasn't like it happened overnight. It was a lot of hard work, a lot of wanting to give up, but I couldn't give up because I was driven. And that drive is really important to have too. 
can we just stay on that point of the drive and the mm. ambition? So this is the one thing that I feel like has gotten very dirty over time, that having ambition, that wanting something for yourself somehow taints your success. Like it's okay if somebody else is praising you and somebody else putting you up on a pedestal. Oh, that's okay because that keeps me humble. When at the same time, in order to make it up to a, any pedestal, like you said, there are months of just working out of pure grit, just because you want to do this for yourself, to prove to yourself that you can do this. And I would love to hear, what do you think your grit came from? Like, If there's anybody out there listening and they're thinking, yeah, well, it's not cool for me to put myself out there. I'm just going to wait for somebody to discover me. Mm. What do you have to tell them about the role that their own drive and ambition play in their future success? If you're not giving yourself a reason to do something, then you're not going to do it. Like, that's just the truth, right? If there's no sense of urgency, if there's no sense of consequence, right? And I think that that's where we have to have our heads in is what is the consequence of me not taking this action, right? Whether that's personal and my own happiness, which is important, it's important for you to be happy. Or in my case, right before I got let go, I had just proposed to my girlfriend and we were planning this wedding and we were planning to have our family members there and, and make it a big deal. And all of a sudden we both lose our jobs and we have no money. So I moved back in with my parents and she moves back in with her parents I was driven, y'all. Like, I didn't want to be at home with my parents, right. <laughs> you know? So I, I had reason to take the bigger actions than I would have taken if I had just been comfortable. And I think that's, maybe a better word is complacency. We often feel like, oh, things are okay. So why change things? Because things could potentially be even better. And it's okay to want things for yourself, but you have to have a reason, some sort of even consequence of not doing it that would really get to you. And, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about this a lot. He talks about regret, right? And we've seen studies done about people who are a little bit older, who are on their deathbed, who are often interviewed about something they wish they could change from their life. And it's always about something that they wish they had done instead, not, oh, I wish I worked harder, or I wish I, you know, did all these, you know, bought all these things. It was always about relationships and it was always about their dreams. Mm -hmm. And I remember watching a video once somebody had asked Gary V, Hey, what's some advice do you have for me to stay driven to succeed? And his advice was, you're going to die. <laughs> and I was like, Whoa, that's pretty grotesque and very upfront. But then he's like, you have a time that you have to do these things. And every second that you're questioning whether you should do this or you are worried about something getting in the way or, or, or failure is a second that's going by that you're never gonna get back and your dreams are slipping through. And you, know, you could be hit by a bus tomorrow, right? That's like, Gary's very crass and very you know, upfront with you like that. But I think he just was trying to prove a point that y'all, the, the, the clock is ticking. And if you know what you want, go and get it. You shouldn't be trying to, to make excuses for that. So, so the drive um, comes from a lot of that. And for me, uh, especially nowadays, now 12 years into this, the drive is to serve my audience who I see and connect with every single day. And I see like who I used to be in them. And yeah. so it's almost like paying it forward because I've become successful. I want to help others too, especially 
now at the time of this recording, uh, at least in the US, there's 40 million people without a job, just like me 12 years ago. And I see me and them, and I'm so driven to help them. And my family, my kids, I got two young kids, 10 years old and seven years old. And I want to be an example for them. I want them to get together when they're older and they're having sandwiches at a cafe to talk about how inspiring their parents were, both my wife and me, not, oh, I wish they'd done this differently or, hey, they were never there or, wow, I, like, they're not driven at all. How, how, how could they? So I, I, I think about the future a lot and how people, especially my family, will consider the actions I take now. Right. I like how you put that because um, I have two myself. I have an eight-year-old and a two-year-old. Mm. And the eight-year-old, when people ask him, what does your mom do? He's like, oh, she's a YouTuber. Because <laughs> you can find me. You That's can find me cool. on YouTube watching videos. It's really cool. So he says, oh, I want to be a YouTuber too. I'm like, baby, I, I so want to teach you everything that there is about it. Because it's not just turning on the camera and being famous. And like, that's it. Mm. I want to teach you the business side of it. I want to teach you context so you understand because I think that's a big problem that's happening with the youth right now watching YouTube videos is that they don't know what's real and what isn't, right? Sure. And they think it's just become overnight successes and like, and what does that mean? And what are all the perils of having an online presence when you're little? And I'm like, I want to teach you the whole context. I want to teach you the whole thing to, and give him those options that I didn't have growing up. Exactly. I, I mean, my parents, by the way, my parents were the, are the best parents in the world, so I'm not trashing my parents, but they had a very corporate philosophy on success. Uh, They were both very successful in their corporate jobs. And that's what I saw as the only way to be successful, which is, you know, part of my story is having been in corporate for 15 years, knowing I wanted to do something else, not really know exactly where that was going to end up. And one thing that started to change things for me was the having examples of actually Mm -hmm. seeing that there were other people doing this. And one of my, like the, the, floodgates moment for me was discovering completely by chance Amy Porterfield's podcast and realizing that there was somebody out there, wait, making money, doing stuff online that I already know how to do, <laughs> right? Like, like I didn't see anything and I'm like, I, there's nothing in here that I can't do myself. So having that example was hugely mm-hmm. important for me. I had never seen that before. Three years, it took me three years to finally get myself a coach and that's when things just started moving. So can you tell us a little bit about the impact of, in your life, what were the examples that you had once you started to kind of open your eyes and look around and realize that the world is your oyster? What were those examples and coaches that were helping you move forward? Yeah, I mean, first off, um, coaches and mentorship, that's, that's so important because like I said, those are the helpers out there who yeah. want to serve you. And I love Amy Porterfield. She's a prime example. And it just shows you that there are people out there for our style. I know a lot of people who don't prefer Amy and you got to find somebody who works and jives with you. Right. Right. And so in addition, you don't necessarily have to have a personal coach for you who talks to you and tells you what to do. You can have a virtual coach or a mentor or somebody that you at least look up to somebody who can give you some advice and inspiration in whatever means. And um, in addition to that, joining a community and actually connecting with people who are in it with you is really important too. I don't know your story, Ina, in terms of um, like, masterminds and connecting with other people who are sort of in the journey with you, but that was 100%, 100% for the past two years is basically what I do. Yeah. Cause you can inspire people and, and they can inspire you and you can help each other, hold each other accountable, that sort of thing. Um, so for me, when I first started, uh, three mentors 
virtual mentors, never met them before. Number one was Tim Ferriss from the four hour work week. That's why the passive income part of my brand is the way it is because Tim and his book, the four hour work week very much structured that in a way with, which is like, Hey, let's work smarter, not harder. Right. And so I wanted to work on ways that I could build automation into my systems so that, uh, you know, even when I came out with this book study guide, it was specifically and purposefully an ebook so that I can build those automations and send that to customers without having to lift a finger after it was all set up. And that's how I was able to wake up every morning and see more money in the bank account, which was just, again, blowing my mind at the start. Um, in addition to that, the hosts of that podcast that I first found was Jeremy Franson and Jason Van Orden. The podcast was called Internet Business Mastery. And they were really inspiring themselves because they had some episodes where they were teaching. And so I could actually like take notes and I was just taking loads of notes and following along. And that helped me build a relationship with them even virtually without having met them before. Eventually I met them in person, mm -hmm. which was really cool. Right. And uh, that's, that, that was very helpful too. In fact, um, it proved to me that relationships are the most important thing. Relationships okay. with your audience and the people you're helping and relationships with other people who are doing something similar to you or those who have gone beyond and done something to where you want to be. And we just started to develop a really good relationship together. And the, the, they were very critical for me at the start. But for me, I like to have different kinds of mentors for different stages, right? There, there came a point in time in 2013 where I saw Ramit Seti as a big mentor of mine. And in fact, we started to actually um, chat with each other and I joined his course and got mentorship from him as well to shift my mindset, knowing where I wanted to go from scrappy entrepreneur, just kind of figuring things out on my own, solopreneur all by myself. And then after getting this advice and seeing his example to becoming the CEO of my company, I was always the CEO, but I never treated myself and my business like I was the CEO. Right. When I made that mindset shift as a result of getting advice and seeing the example from Ramit, that's when I started hiring people. That's when I started getting smarter about my content calendar. That's when I started to step into who I was supposed to be and only allow myself to do the things that I was good at that only I could provide. Everything else can be done by other experts or talent that could do things much faster and better than me. And that's when the business started to see an exponential growth, very much like a CEO would hopefully want to achieve. Um, and then now I'm even looking way beyond and I want to have an effect in the world of education and have a lot of education reform in the U.S. And these things are things that I'm only unlocking now because I've taken these steps along the way to help me get there. Much like how the journey of Tesla, Elon Musk, who is one of those people who I look up to now because he's just have, he just has this um, kind of thinking where nothing seems impossible. Mm -hmm. And for something as difficult as education reform in the U.S., at least here, it's like, years and years, like hundreds of years of the same exact kind of education. And that, that needs to change. But because it's been here for so long, it's very difficult to change. So I'm looking to leaders like that. And of course, he created something in a space that was super competitive, a brand new car company, an electric car, which was seemed to be before he came in, impossible to do or attract people with. He has now taken baby steps, right? First launching the Roadster, with, which then launched the Model S and money from the Model S uh, launched the Model 3 and then now the Model Y. He's taken baby steps in a very similar way. He started with 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 his goal, which was to have a mass market vehicle at a lower price. He would have failed, but he needed to prove himself along the way. And that's what I eventually started doing in my business too. And that's why I love um, people like him as well as um, just a lot of big thinkers in the space of investments and, and whatnot. And again, it just depends on what stage of life I'm in 
I look to, to mentors. And then, I, and then I have mentors for other things too. For example, I have a fitness coach because health and my mind and my body are very important for me so that I can deliver on the things that I want to do and, and be present with my kids and be present with my family and stay top of shape um, creatively and, and, and physically. So I have a trainer now, a mentor of mine who trains me physically via FaceTime. In fact, he lives in Cincinnati, Ohio. I live in San Diego. And we train over FaceTime three times a week. And he is somebody who holds me accountable like a mentor would. He coaches me through the process like a mentor would. And he helps keep me motivated like a mentor would as well. It just happens to be in another area of my life. And I think looking for other people like that is so important. Yeah. So let me ask you something. I'm going to tell you a little story that I don't know if it's going to make me look like this is totally embarrassing for me. But um, (laughs) we both, you and I were both at Podcast Movement last year in 2019. And I was, I, I, I saw you in the conference and I knew who you were, right? You, you've gotten to this level of people just know who you are without having ever met you. And I am, you know, I see you and I see other people just, just mobbing you, just going up to you, feeling like they just can just stand next to you with a camera and they're like, Hey, let's take a selfie. Right. And I, and I looked at that and I'm like, Oh, I, I just so don't want to, don't want that to be like, I don't want to embarrass myself with Pat Flynn. And you and I are both in the VIP room, in the green room, which is completely empty. Everybody's at the workshops and I'm there. I'm just sipping on something. And you stand next to me looking at the pastries or whatever. And I look at you. And, I'm, and I, by the way, the entire conference, I have already met 100 strangers just mm-hmm. by saying, hello, my name is Ina. What are you doing? Right? And I see you and I look at you. I'm like, the poor man is having some time alone right now. I am not oh. going to bother him. I just can't. I can't. And I looked at you and I just left you alone and walked away. And from that moment, I'm like, I met a hundred strangers. I couldn't just say, hi, my name is Ina. What are you feeling about the conference? So when somebody reaches that level, right, that you're making people like me feel this way about like, oh my God, it's Pat Flynn. Thank you for you sharing are, that, by you, the way. You are undoubtedly a global phenomenon, right? Uh, which is kind of like what we're talking about, people who have been so incredibly successful. Uh, these are the stories that you're going to be hearing of people just being in, just, just noticing that they're even around you. So I would love to ask you, what do you think is the biggest misconception of, that people have about somebody like you who has reached this kind of level of success? I think the biggest misconception is they think that perhaps we have this special DNA right, that allows us to achieve anything we want to achieve or succeed with anything that we put our mind to or almost like a Midas touch, right? Everything we do and we touch, you know, turns into gold. Um, First of all, Ina, thank you for telling that story. Um, I wish you had said hello. I would have loved to have a conversation with you. When I go to conferences, I go there to meet people. So the next time you see me, please, or anybody who's (laughs) listening to this right now, if you see me, like, like, don't be shy. And even though I was in the VIP room to escape a little bit, truly I was, um, I still know like if, if I truly wanted to escape, I would have been in my hotel room watching Netflix, which I do right. do because I'm an, I'm an introvert. And so, excuse me. So when I need some time, I'll, I'll literally step away all the way. But um, right. yeah, I, I go to conferences to, to meet people and chat. And what I love about meeting people in person is oftentimes, and this is, this is my favorite compliment is, hey, you're just like you are on the show. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, because I'm just, a, I'm just me, right? And, and I think, you know, it, it's hard because, I, you know, I, I don't want to speak for all 
as you say, global phenomenons. I don't think I'm a global phenomenon. I think there's a lot of people who still don't know about me, which I love because that means there's that many more people that I could potentially impact and I, I need to keep going. But I don't want to speak for everybody who's at a high level or has succeeded, but because um, different people are cut from different cloths. However, I, I can speak for me and just tell you that, you know, I still get nervous. I still get shy. I fail a lot. Um, everything I touch is, I feel like, breaks. I just am able to take what didn't work, learn from it, and try again. And the trying again and learning from my mistakes part is, is really the secret sauce. It, that, that is what I think makes the difference because, and it was hard for me too, because I grew up in a household of perfectionism. I had to have a perfect grades on my tests, I had a perfect score on my report card. I had to have perfect everything, perfect citizenship, perfect everything. And so that's how I grew up. But when you are shooting for your dreams, when you are trying to build a business, for example, if you're worried about being perfect, guess what? You're never going to get started. Right. And being okay with failure, so long as you can learn from those failures is key. And I think that a lot of people see, like what I said earlier, what I do, and they're like, oh, like you're just born to be an entrepreneur. No, I wasn't. I had to learn how to do this stuff. In right. fact, I thought I was, I was destined to never do entrepreneurship, even after I got started, even after I was making money, even after I was seeing five figure months, I was still going back to get architecture jobs because I just couldn't let go of who I was conditioned to believe I, th I, was, I thought I was supposed to be. Yeah. Right. It was like, you know, when you climb the corporate ladder, when you climb a ladder, the higher you go, what happens, the, the tighter you grip on that ladder. Right. And so right. when you look down, it's, it's even, it's even scarier. And imagining going off of that ladder is very scary. But here I was on this architecture corporate ladder and I had this new ladder presented to me, this, this entrepreneurship ladder. And for the longest time, I had you know, two hands and one foot on the entrepreneurial ladder, but my other foot was still on the architecture ladder. And you can't climb that other one until you fully let go. That's a scary thing to do, yeah. but I had to believe in myself. And I also had to realize that, hey, that ladder is not going away. I could go back to that later if I wanted to. But let me try this full on and dedicate my full energy to this. And now I've, since then, I've just been climbing higher and higher, hopefully. You just mentioned something that reminds me. Um, we created at the Global Phenomenon, we have nine principles that we live by. And the one that you're, that's resonating the most with me is that um, we don't quit, we evolve. Mm. Yes, evolving is the right word. We adjust, we pivot, we um, adapt, if you will. And that's the key to becoming a successful person. Um, a plan is good. A business plan is good. A plan for life is good. But Plans are just best guesses or hopeful wish lists often. I think a plan sets you in motion and a plan gives you a destination, um, but it doesn't always go according to plan. And a lot of times when people get off the plan where things sort of start to, to, to not go according to plan, we think of that as failure. Yeah. But you can take that moment and go around that brick wall or you can dig under it or you can get help from others to climb over it, right? There's so many different ways to battle through. You just got to keep going like you said. I'm going to give you one last question. I'm yeah. giving you the power, full power, that for the next 24 hours, everyone in the world has to take action on the one thing that you are about to tell them. Whatever comes out of your mouth right now, the entire world has to do in the next 24 hours. What would that be? It would be to get so clear with where you want to be five years from now. 
absolutely clear on where you want to be, what is happening in your life, who are you with, what are you doing five years from now, that then informs your decision making from now between then. And in my book, Will It Fly, I have a big exercise in the beginning called the airport test that can help structure that. And, you know, considering that allows you to determine the things that you're doing now, do they even align with that? And when I've, whenever I've run this exercise with my students, oftentimes we see that 80% of the work that they're doing has nothing to do with where they eventually want to end up. They're just staying busy to stay busy. They might be on a trajectory that they once was on, but it didn't realign with where they want to go because people change, things change. And so my big call to action to everybody would be to, by 24 hours from now, get absolutely clear with where you want to be because that informs all decisions that you will make from now until then. And if you happen to have other people in your life that are close to you whose decisions that you make will affect their life too, and vice versa, work together with them too. If you have a partner, for example, get very clear on both of your sides, right? Like where do you want to be in five years so you can be in alignment with each other? Because if you don't do that now, eventually there's going to come a point where things don't line up and it can, it's going to be much harder having these conversations later versus now. So that, that's what I would recommend. Get so clear on what these goals are. You might have, um, and, 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 and be very honest with them too. I know a lot of people who go, oh, I want to be a millionaire, right? And I'm like, why? Oh, because I want lots of money because, you know, whatever. Okay, is a million just like a random number? Or like, do you have, like, why a million? And it's, in, it's interesting because a lot of times we'll do the math on what they eventually want to do and all the money that would be required for them to do that, like trips or whatever, it's like, oh, I only need to make 125000 a year to have this happy life. So imagine trying to build a business that makes a million dollars versus a business going to make 125000 completely different actions and completely different levels of stress. Um, still hard on both cases, but different, right? Too many people are building for a millionaire business when they don't even need that. And I think that that's reducing the focus with what we can do now to get to where we need to go. Pat Flynn, it has been an incredible pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for being so open in this conversation and teaching us everything you have. So how can people find you? Yeah. And again, thank you, uh, you know, and thank you to everybody listening. I appreciate you so much. You can actually listen to my podcast if you'd like, Smart Passive Income on whatever app you're listening to this podcast episode on. You can just follow me and subscribe there. You can also find my website, smartpassiveincome.com with some very high level and very specific, um, but easy to manage advice to help you with your business, no matter what level you're at. And then finally, I have a personal website and a personal YouTube account at Pat Flynn or patflynn.com, where I talk about a lot of other things beyond just business, like parenting and technology and gaming and um, education and other things that I'm interested to over at patflynn.com and at patflynn on Instagram or Twitter too. So uh, however you want to connect, would be love uh, would love to have that happen and I hope to get to meet, meet you all in the future. And I will add all those links to the description. Thank you, Pat, so much. Have a good one. Thank you. Hey there, Ina here. After this interview, you may be wondering, how did Pat get 60 million downloads on his podcast? How does Pat use all the different social media platforms to reach more people? Is there anything in his online marketing machine that is unique and you could adopt right away, even if you don't have a team yet? Let me help you with that. Stay tuned for the next episode where we're going to break down the three things Pat is doing right and you could start doing right now. 
So make sure to hit the subscribe button on your podcasting app and watch for the companion episode coming up next. And to send me a question for the Q&A segment in the next companion episode, go to theglobalphenomenonpodcast.com and I will answer your question on the air. See you on the next one. Thank you for listening to The Global Phenomenon with Ina Coveney. Join the conversation inside the Facebook group at theglobalphenomenon.com slash Facebook. Listen to new interviews every Monday and learn with a companion episode every Thursday. This podcast was created by Ina Coveney, music by Jared LaBelle, and this was the voice of Kip Clark.